Welcome back to the Young Heart Podcast and we will be continuing through the John's Gospel chapter 2 and the next chapter that we follow after the wedding feast of Cana is the cleansing of the temple and if you're new to my podcast I encourage you to check out my previous episodes and continue on this journey while you read and contemplate upon the life of Jesus and the meanings that are inspired within the scriptures by the Holy Spirit so usually like when I do my recordings um, I pray uh, for like a long time and then I start my recording and it's so that I know that everything that I say is not what I want to say, but rather it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you, to you, to you only, you know, like to you. And um, for that reason, I, I, that's why I really don't have like a script. So you can see me like kind of like, you know, going a little back and forth there sometimes. But that's because of my human weaknesses. But again, being a humble servant of Jesus and Mary. You know, I'm here to bring you closer to Jesus. And also, hopefully, like, I can take a journey closer to Jesus, too. So, while you're in the car or wherever you are, maybe you're engaging in some chores at your house, you know, just continue to listen to it. Think about it. Because listening to things, especially, like, spiritual things, um, even if we don't want to or if we don't feel like it, it can really, really, really change us and impact us in dramatic ways i I know like in my life um i i could have probably attended like a really fantastic retreat you know which would have dramatically changed me but if i didn't have anything that sustained me since then my faith would be gone you know there could have been a really amazing miracle where like the virgin mary appeared to me or or jesus himself was like talking to me like i can physically hear a voice but you know if after that apparition is over if i continue to not engage in anything like christian spiritual things it's going to be lost so it's very important to um be engaged in your weekly activities to be engaged in spiritual things and that is one of the best ways you can foster um, a relationship with Christ. Oftentimes, we actually foster a relationship with the world by l- watching movies, watching TV shows, keeping track of things like that. But you know, it's important to be with the Lord if you want to go to the Lord. All right, then. So we'll start with a prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, by the means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse, come Holy Spirit, by the means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse, come Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in John chapter 2, after the wedding feast of Cana, the next chapter that we move on to is the cleansing of the temple. 
which is kind of unusual when we compare it to the Gospel of Matthew or Luke, where we actually see the cleansing of the temple, like before Jesus' entry to Jer like after the en Jesus's entry to Jerusalem, and before the Passion of Christ. But in here, it's kind of like put in after the cleansing of the temple and to me and um in the footnote if you like pay attention to that you actually see that some of the things are not placed in the bible based on the chronological order but also kind of based on the theological and uh, metallurgical like order that goes to it so in this case going to the theological order this is the perfect way after you know like the wedding feast of Cana, i think this is a beautiful like cleansing of the temple is the best way because it actually has a beautiful beautiful meaning that comes from the um theological sense to it and inspired by the holy spirit um led when, when i was going through it um one of the things that stood out to me is and wedding feast at Cana, we saw how mother mary can be the mediator in our lives to intercede in for us you know like she's like standing because um sometimes when we committed something wrong right and it's like next thing you know like from school they would tell us to come visit the principal with your parents right so what does our parent do like our parent they would take us and they would be on our behalf maybe they would be standing for our behalf for fighting for us you know like they're being responsible for us they're like no don't blame my child blame me kind of and you know they're like no i will tell my child what to do you know like i would take the responsibility for that action and they kind of like stand there and we feel, feel like a little comforted too because if it was just like us and the principal only we would feel humiliated we probably wouldn't know like what to do but since our mother or our father is there we feel much more comfortable and it's kind of like that when mother mary intervenes in our lives where she can just makes us feel comfortable so loved um in the presence of all-powerful all-knowing omnipotent god and what happens after the wedding feast of cana um we see this cleansing of the temple and the title itself i would like to relate it to the human heart um because it says in one of the letters that are coming after the gospels where it says that you are the temple of god you are the temple of the holy spirit so our body is a temple of the holy spirit our body is a temple of god and so it is so important for us to remain pure right if you're if you're not poor we pure we won't be able to see god right that's why there's a bible verse that says blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god matthew chapter 5 verses 8 and if we are not pure in our heart we won't be able to stand in front of god and again therefore how do we attain this purity like um how do we attain this purity in our heart you know sometimes um it is hard for us like like how do we because we often struggle like you know we try like our thing like we are like oh my gosh i fell down okay okay next time next time next time like we gotta struggle and in my life actually i was also a person who went through a struggle and i'm so glad i'm doing this episode like when i actually recovered from that struggle because i got a powerful weapon and i will share with you what the powerful weapon is so in 1 corinthians chapter 3 verses 16 it says that do you not know that you yourselves are god's temple and that the god spirit is dwelling within you right so do you not realize that you yourself are god's temple 
and God's Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, is dwelling within you. So we need to have that thought in our mind. Um, so if the Holy Spirit, if God needs to dwell in us, it needs to be clean, it needs to be holy. And there are so many unholy things in our lives that kind of turn our attention away from God. And so it's kind of important to turn ourselves away from these things to come closer to God. But it's kind of a struggle because we're constantly being hit by things from the world. So it's kind of like a struggle. So it's kind of like how do we overcome the struggle? And for me personally, what I found helpful is um you know I, I used to do like a lot of things like like before when i was struggling through habitual sins that um affected my purity i felt like i i listened to spiritual talks you know i would try to like i would go to confession a lot like and i i, I mean i tried everything and it was just so hard and i just didn't know like what was going on like i was just like devastated and i was so like tired of this um and i was just like my mind is just bogged down like what can i do um during that time when i just felt so helpless in in front of me god like put someone beautiful <laughs> who's proclaiming the word of god and i'm so happy god put this person in my life because this person conveyed to me the secret the secret is mother mary and some people are going to be like yeah cool i don't want to listen to this but i bet you, you you continue to listen to this and you will understand why and you know even if you don't believe it or not i ask you to try it so i consecrated myself to mother mary like um a couple of months ago you know basically when you consecrate someone to you i'm i'm telling mother mary i'm her child you know take me as your child and i'm every day i'm like happy like every day i like kind of look at her and i'm like i'm your child <laughs> take me to jesus and i'm so happy to be her child you know it's so beautiful and wonderful and um after my consecration i you know i still I, I still was like struggling through these like uh sins that would affect my purity and um i didn't really know like what to do at that point and what happened is i started reciting the rosary through the inspiration of true faith talks you can check that out on youtube it's a wonderful youtube channel you can check it out it's called true faith talks it's actually hosted by gabriel castillo um in collaboration with a lot of other wonderful people they also have another podcast called mary's podcast i love that podcast you should totally check it out and i encourage you to listen to it and um so when i was actually like listening to him um they he told me about like how you should start reciting the rosary and i was like okay i mean i already do that like i already do a family rosary with my family members and i realized that like i never because to me like before i didn't like the idea of being like too much mary you know i was just like mary good enough don't be like too much mary uh, you're probably like thinking right now, how is this even related to the cleansing of the temple? Mother Mary's not even mentioned there. <laughs> Trust me, you will see why. And um, so I was like, I didn't like the idea of being too much Mary. And I used to think that if I died and if I became like a saint or something like, you know, I would be that person who wasn't like too Mary or whatever. Because I hear this like thing where like a lot of saints had a beautiful devotion to Mother Mary. They were so close to her. And I was just like, why? Like, Why? <laughs> why can't i just be closer like it's not because i didn't want to be closer to mother mary it's kind of like to me since i was a child i would always talk to jesus you know i would always i was like a jesus girl you know so i always related with jesus and um i didn't know like how to relate with mother mary at that point and um so what happened is like after that the, the during the struggle time you know i got inspired and i started reciting the entire I started reciting the entire rosary 
which basically contemplates on the entire life of Jesus. And it starts from the birth of Jesus, the Annunciation of Jesus. Um, and then we go through the resurrection, the ascension, all the way to the coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we go through all of this entire part. And we think about it, where it started with Mary and the Rosary, and it kind of like ended with Mary, right? You, if you look at Jesus' life, it all began with Mary, and then Jesus died and all of that. Jesus ascended to heaven, and the Mary was still there, like the descent of the Holy Spirit, all of that happened after Jesus ascended into heaven. Mary was still there. She was still in there. So it all like started with Mary, kind of like ended with Mary. So for me, I was kind of like, okay, you know, I thought, why not? You know, I'm just struggling at this point. I didn't, I didn't even know what to do. So I started reciting the four rosaries and my life dramatically, dramatically changed. I was so touched, you know, like um, now, like my mind, I feel like it's more pure and I have so much joy. And I probably shared this in the last episode too. Like I have so much joy in my heart. Like I start, I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is recite my rosary. If I'm running late to the church, I would go directly to church and I would recite my rosary like after mass. So usually like I would just recite my first rosary before mass. Then I would attend the holy mass. Then I would recite the um, second rosary. And then in the middle of the day, I would recite another one, you know, then another one with my family. So that way I go through the entire life of Jesus, you know, during each section of my life rather than like trying to do it all together, which is very nice because it only takes 15 minutes and um, you just feel more better about your day. Like I feel like each, like at least mentally and physically my day, I, I have been feeling better. Um, sometimes my progress has been like up and downish, but still, you know, I, I've been feeling much better. Like if there are certain things that I need to get done, I was actually able to get done by the grace of God. And so I am so happy about this. And I think all of this was possible because you know, Mother Mary helped me. And another reason why I wanted to point out Mother Mary is because um, if you noticed, oftentimes in many of the apparitions across the world, one of the things Mother Mary says when she appears is, pray the rosary. It's um, kind of odd because she didn't directly, like, first of all, if a person was sinful or something, you know, we would expect her to say something like, hey, you know, go to church, attend Holy Mass, and go to confession. And she didn't do any of that, but rather she said, pray the rosary. And when, whenever she said, pray the rosary, she did want us to recite the entire rosary, which initially was three, but now with the luminous mystery, it's going to be four. So um, when she wanted us to do it, the re one of the things that I've noticed is when we start this devotion, without her, our mother is so kind and so beautiful. So she kind of starts us like slow and simple and she brings us to do bigger things for god and you know you could be a person who never went to church you started reciting the rosary you will start getting grace to stay away from sin like sin would actually decrease in your life because someone is by your side slaying the dragons when you refer back to genesis chapter 3 verses 15 where god puts enmity between the woman and the serpent you can see she's there to slay the serpents away in our life so um, she's there to like intercede for us, be our mediatrix. And because of this, she helps us to go to confession. I've seen a lot of times like one of the best ways that I prepare for a confession is by reciting the rosary. And I, in during like each um, Hail Mary, I would ask pardon and forgiveness for sins against the first commandment. And I would think about like how I broke the first commandment. Then I would ask pardon and forgiveness for myself and for all other people. There are many people who doesn't go to confession 
for all of them who committed sins against second commandment, third commandment, and ever recite this rosary while I'm asking pardon, while I'm asking for forgiveness from Jesus Christ. So when I do that, you know, not only am very, not only am I very sorry for my sins, I feel like the moment I put myself in front of a priest, even if it's someone that I know, you know, no matter how humiliating my sin is, like I probably don't want him to know, and it's probably very humiliating for me to confess that sin to that priest, but still out of the humility which was handed down to me by the grace of god i'm able to confess it and i'm able to have a beautiful confession like after confession if i did my confession with if i did my confession in appropriately and i say appropriately because there are different ways people do confession and some people they just go right in come back out nothing you you see them doing nothing like before or after um i don't think they feel like their burdens are down like for me like every time i do a good confession i feel like my like i feel like some i was carrying a baggage and the baggage left me i don't know why like it, it just i feel so happy and i feel like light like lighter um and i can't explain it but if i do it right i know i feel this and so if you don't feel that and if you're a catholic person who haven't been to confession first of all i encourage you to go to confession because you can't maintain a relationship with god if you're not pure we need to be pure and we need to be strive to be pure and confession is the best way that can help us to be pure at least once in a month but it's encouraged to do it bi-weekly or even once in a week we know how many times we fall and you know confession is a humbling step that we because imagine you're like you have to plan a day you have to check out the confession times you have to make it an event right it's literally an event it's not like oh let me just confess directly to god let me sit in my lap like let me sit in my room oh dear god please forgive all my sins you're done no like when you actually go to confession as a catholic person there is an effort that goes in there you know and it's it, it just takes so much it, 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 it take kind of ask a little too a little much from us but there is so much fruit in it you know there's nothing none of the actions doesn't come without a reward and so this action too it comes with the reward and so this is important because when we do it that way we're able to come closer to god and we're able to keep our mind away from um falling we're able to keep ourselves from falling into mortal sin and that is very important. So now going back to the cleansing of the temple, you can see when the Passover was near, Jesus went to Jerusalem. He found the temple where people were selling things. And this was actually customary. This was not wrong. You know, like when they were selling these things, it was not wrong. But it says that he made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and the oxen. And he just spilled everything. You can just see Jesus like making a mess, like just getting like, why? Just like spilling everything. And you're probably thinking, why? jesus are you crazy like why are you acting like that and you're acting like you're so mad like you know when you're preaching love your actions doesn't really show that now so you might think that so what happened is in the jerusalem temple there were different levels and basically um a lot of people they come from different areas to worship the lord and when they come here the coins are different so when they come here they it's kind of difficult for them to you know go to a different city change everything and then come to the temple and worship so to make it easier on the people you know merchants came in they started selling things they started setting up things that they would need for their sacrifice and prayer time in the church just like you know when we come to church sometimes we probably don't have like 
certain things that would help us, you know, um, to do our things in our church. For example, like a rosary, like the prayer beads. Prayer beads would help us to recite the rosary. Like Bible, if you don't have it, like, you know, a Bible would help us to like contemplate upon the scripture while we were there. And so having such type of things is very important. And um, what we can see is um, these people, they were just helping to sell these things. And what the problem is, not the selling was wrong, but number one, they stepped out, their, out of their line when it came to the place that they were supposed to stand. Because now they actually moved up, moved up. They made the selling thing like bigger and bigger so people were losing their focus on god and it was just all about like all of the drama and all of that just going on selling and buying and all of that and then just people were just doing this merchants were doing this to get profits you know they were just trying to like um take all this money from all of these worship people and also another thing that i've heard is um the lambs that they used, you know, to slaughter and stuff, sometimes these lambs, they're kind of like priced based on their weight. So what they would do is they would put the lamb in a bucket filled with water and the lamb who would just drink so much water, 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 it would just become bigger and it would be sold later for a bigger price. And, you know, they, they would make sure that they would get the lamb out before it's like dead or something. Like, it's not like the way you think. They, they definitely have something for them breathing and all of that but anyway um this you can see obviously was not right um because they were selling things um through not very good ways in a in front of a temple and they were also coming to the temple area so it said that they were in the temple area the temple area was the place where these people were supposed to be there percent while the um laywites or people who were given who were authorized to you know do the sacrifice when they were offering the sacrifice they were people were supposed to like stand there and pray um and you may think this is something that happened then but this is actually something that happens even now and another thing you can see number one they these merchants and these people who were selling they got into the temple area number two they were selling it in wrong ways you know they were taking like more profit and they were just trying to make a whole business out here for godly things which is not what god the father wants and he just took all of that and jesus just just you know took these whip and he just beat everything out and he said take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace so yeah you can see what happened there so people what happens in a marketplace if you've gone to a marketplace do you think you can pray in a marketplace you go to a marketplace do you think you will be able to pray you get the solidarity to pray probably not so that's exactly what happened you know people came here and they were not able to pray they came here and they were just like, uh, so they were distracted. They were distracted in buying. They were distracted in selling and they couldn't pray. And I've noticed oftentimes, especially in church during Holy Mass is so, so important celebration because we're thinking about the death of Jesus. Jesus died for us and became a piece of bread. And we're looking at this and we're standing there. And after the mass is over, what happens? It's like a lot of people just stand there and just talk. And they talk pretty loud too. And I'm like, whoa. 
do you not realize what's inside that tabernacle there's a light neck like there's usually a candlestick next to the tabernacle and the candlestick is burning which signifies that the consecrated host is within the tabernacle meaning jesus truly is present within the tabernacle closed in the doors and you're just standing there chit-chatting with your friends inside the temple area now jesus is gonna look at you today and be like get out <laughs> right i'm just kidding he's gonna say stop take these out of here take these out of here what um and stop making my father's house a marketplace and i beg you my dear children if you're a catholic person and if you're listening to this do not you know encourage and talk with inside the church area it is so important like if you want to talk like what i usually do is like you know someone approaches me they kind of like start talking i either kind of whisper because i want to respect the other people who are praying or i i just start walking i just start walking towards the door kind of signaling that you know like we're not gonna we're gonna continue the conversation outside and um so yeah and like after mass and even before mass you come there to pray and you can see like even like sometimes i've noticed like um sometimes people just engage in a lot of like you know like like talking and chaos and activities inside and it's just so sad because i feel like they like sometimes like when i come you know to church like before holy mass i expect silence and sometimes there's no silence either it's like oh people are just setting things up and there's just you know noises going there in the background and here and there and i'm not able to get the silent moment with god because god speaks to us in silence so it is important to take away things that distract us from our silent moment with god another thing is he took a whip and he drove out sheep oxen coins money changers and all of these things in our heart we can be filled with many things that kind of take away space for our god so what happens is when we are concerned with worldly things oh i care about school my grade my dad my this my this my 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 starts filling and then there's no more god and so it's so important that we need to make an area for God, you know, make space for God. Jesus, come dwell in here. I cleaned out everything. You come and sit here. You be the master of my house. You tell me what to do and I'll do and I'll do my life according to thy wish. I've seen like in certain, you know, um movies and stuff, especially like Disney movies, you know, there's like a princess or a prince or something and they kind of like bow and they're like as you wish and the way they say it so gently it just shows that that person loves the other person right like the prince is kind of like oh yeah i love you princess as you wish or the princess is like yeah as you wish my prince and it's so beautiful and um we kind of need that in our lives so make space for the lord in our life whatever is whatever is it that is causing our hearts to be a marketplace if you if you've seen a marketplace especially in the older times they have so many different things there right so many different things and if you look like right now in the world people are just getting so like distracted like each week each day we're just like okay gotta hang out with her gotta talk to her gotta do this gotta do that we make a to-do list with everything but god you know whenever we make um, plans for our day we should ask god what is your will what is your will you know 
um, Jesus, how do you want me to like live today? How do you want me to prepare my heart as a temple? We need to prepare our heart as a temple for the Father's house. We should not make it a marketplace for the Father's house, right? We should not make it a marketplace for God to dwell in it. Our heart should be like temple. Our life should be like a temple. How can we make our life a temple? We become holy. And a person who who strive to be holy, who is holy, we look at them and we know that God is dwelling within them. If you're not striving to be holy, rarely can God dwell in us and work within us. And then after that, his disciples recall the words of the scripture. So during this time, his disciples recall the words of the scripture, zeal for your house will consume me. And zeal for your house will consume me. And Jesus is showing something that happens within us when we are filled with the zeal for God. You can see the disciples, they didn't have zeal for Jesus until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And how did they, when the Holy Spirit descended upon them, there was actually an important person in that room with them. And that was Mother Mary. And you know, that's why I said, like, it's kind of perfect how this came like, right after Reading, of, Reading Feast of Cana. Like, theologi theologically, I like the way how they've placed it. Because when Mother Mary comes, and especially if you start praying your rosaries, what you're going to notice is, when you start doing that, you'll notice that my life is changing. I want to go to confession. Like, you would notice you would want to go to confession. You would want to make a change in your life. Like right now, constantly, every single day, not a day goes by when I don't think about becoming holy, becoming a saint. Like that's like, I, I, I don't want to be a good person anymore. I don't want to be a good person, but rather I want to be a holy person. I want to be a holy person. And that's my desire. And oftentimes we just settle in. We settle in to be good. Um, and God says, that's not what we want. In order for God to dwell in us, it should not be a marketplace, but rather a temple. A temple is holy, therefore we need to strive to be holy. And again, after that, we can see how Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And then the Jews were talking about how it was, you know, constructed for 40 years, and how can you do this? But then later, the disciples were saying that this recalls how... This shows how Jesus was talking about how his body, so they would remember what Jesus said later when Jesus, you know, resurrected. And they would remember what Jesus said about how his body would be destroyed and how this temple will be destroyed and it will be raised up in three days. So you can see like, again, in this part, um, when Jesus was talking about the destruction of this, his body, his temple, like his body. In him, with him, God was with him. God the Heavenly Father was with him. And with the Heavenly Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ was with him as well. And their union was the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. And you can see what happens is through the death of Jesus Christ, this Spirit was given to us. The Spirit was breathed on, was descended upon each individual like the apostles so that a new fire, a new zeal can consume us. And what happens? So, you know, to receive the Holy Spirit, it's not that easy. 
um you can like pray to jesus and jesus will run to you but to receive the holy spirit you need to thirst you need to desire you need to like long and the best person that can help you to receive the holy spirit is mother mary because who actually got holy spirit in the bible uh, and during the annunciation right during the annunciation when angel gabriel told mary that this, she's going to be the mother of god she was like how is this going to happen holy spirit is going to come to you so we need mother mary so when we are with mother mary when we are her children holy spirit is going to come to us jesus is going to be born again in our hearts we're going to make it a temple for god and so I invite you. And again, like in the end, it continues. Uh, it ends with while he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many people begin to believe him, you know, based on the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. So now, like, you know, like since he was living his life, since he was living a human life, he understood our human nature. He understood what was going on within us. And when, you know, certain miracles were happening, people started believing in him. And, you know, he didn't, he knew, like, how human nature worked. But in, in a way, I kind of like that last part. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all. Jesus knows us all. He knows us all more than we think we know. And he probably knows you more than you think you know you, you know. And let's invite Jesus in our lives. Jesus who knows me so much, so well, you know. You know everything that I've done. You know certain things that I probably did thinking nobody is seeing, nobody is listening. And God knew about it. And you know, in my life, I always think like, I've been through so much sin. But it's like through God's mercy that I was saved. He protected me from falling into certain, certain grave mortal sins. And I'm so, so happy that he protected me. And also, like, even when I did fell down, he definitely picked me up and put me straight in the path. And if my mother was not there by my side to help me, it would have definitely been a struggle. So begin interceding to Mother Mary, let's ask that the Holy Spirit may come and dwell in us so that we may be cleansed. Our hearts may be cleansed. Our hearts may not become a marketplace. That it may become a temple, a holy place, a holy place where God can dwell within us. Jesus, in a special way, we pray that you may empower all the people that are listening to this, empower their lives, change their lives and their minds so much as to reflect you. So that they may be consumed with zeal for your house. Zeal for your house. Let us be consumed with zeal for your house. Your house, O oh Lord, we understand that it is the church. It is the church. You know, when the church is in destruction, do we just sit there and stand back? No, we work. We work to turn the people back to God. We work to bring them back to God. We don't stand back and say, wow. No, we work to do something. We can't just stand back. Oh, I beg you to start praying. I beg you to spend time in prayer. I beg you to come closer to Mother Mary because that is going to be the surest, the easiest way we can help Jesus come to us, help Holy Spirit come to us faster, help Holy Spirit come to us sooner, 
so that we can make our hearts a temple for God. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, if you like this content and would like to hear more, don't forget to follow this podcast and Spotify, Google, and Apple, and other podcast places like Overcast, Breaker, or Radio Public. So don't forget to check me out on my Instagram page and wait to see you again next week. Bye-bye.